Colter Nuanas from ESPN Montana here at the M Store. Proud to present our Nuanas Now podcast each and every day, available on all of your various podcast hosting platforms. One of their awesome partners, a guy that really is uh, helping spread the word about the M Store, is Grizz All American Junior Bergen. What's up, man? Thanks for coming in. Yes, thank you for having me. First of all, you got a cool t shirt. What's it like being on a t shirt? You're a kid from Billings, Montana, so that, yeah. might, that must be kind of surreal knowing there's a t shirt of you at the M Store. Yeah, it's pretty cool. Um, I went to a couple basketball games back home. And uh, I saw some kids running around with I their love shirt it. on. And it was really surreal. It was a cool moment, cool experience for sure. Uh, that's so cool. You guys do such a good job of embracing how much the community loves you. But when people are looking up to you like they do, I mean, they think, I mean, you're the man right now. for <laughs> <laughs> the University of Montana. What's yeah. that like being a Montana kid? Um, it's different for sure. Um, you know, growing up, you kind of look up to guys like who are in the NFL totally. and stuff like that. But, um, you know, it's just great to have a, a positive influence on these kids' lives. Um, you know, I just wanted to make sure... Uh, I set the example and lead by example and give them someone to look up to. Go check out the M Store. They're located there at the corner of Higgins and Broadway here in the city of Missoula. And you can also visit anytime online, MontanaMStore.com. They have all the latest and greatest, a whole bunch of original Grizz gear. And of course, they have Junior Bergen t-shirts. Junior Bergen, proud partner with the M Store, as well as us here at ESPN Montana. Thanks for swinging by, man. Yes, sir. Thank you for having me. The M Store, where they're all Grizz all the time. Blackfoot Communications is actively supporting the communities we serve across Montana and Idaho. We are installing hundreds of miles of fiber in our service territories, increasing the broadband experience in our rural communities. We are delivering remote workforce solutions for our business communities. We are creating new, innovative solutions for our local entrepreneurs and enterprise organizations. Learn how your company can benefit. Call today at 541-5000 or go to blackfootbusiness.com. Blackfoot Communications Connect to more. It's been a depressing day. So we're going to get the the action started with some Led Zeppelin. That always makes me happy. I know that. This is Nuanas now. 1029 ESPN Missoula Statewide SWX Montana Television. You can find us anywhere on planet Earth if you go to our YouTube channel. Or you can also stream the show anytime. You can stream ESPN Radio anytime, anywhere. All you got to do is go to 1029ESPN.com. Click on Listen Live tab. There you'll find the stream. The stream is presented by Opportunity Bank, your local bank, your opportunity. If you want to give us a call, it's easy. 361-3688. That's 361-3688. You can also text us. We got a couple texts following up from yesterday's show that we will get to on the other side, or probably at the top of the hour. And uh, if you haven't heard, big news today, the men's basketball games for the Cat Grizz, Grizz Cat, whatever you want to call it, the rivalry weekend, it's been canceled. Boo. Boo. <laughs> so that's been the depressing part. But me, Coulter Nuanas, Sean Rainey from SWX Montana Television, are here to make you feel better. We're not going to sit here and dwell on the cancellation because it's happened. There's nothing we can do about it. I don't want to talk about it. It, it, it ruined my day. So uh, we have a whole bunch of other stuff planned, though. Stu Morrill, who was the head coach for the Montana Grizzlies from 1986 to 1991 and then went on to have great success at both Colorado State and Utah State, he's going to join us here in about, oh, I'd say eight minutes. And uh, we're I mean, we already had this scheduled, and Coach Morrill's decided to come on. And so we're just going to talk to him because he's a great storyteller. And so we're going to talk Kakar's memories. He also was the coach here when Travis DeCure was recruited to Montana. DeCure played just one season for Morrill and then played the rest of his career for Blaine Taylor. But I know Coach Morrill is still close with Coach DeCure. And uh, Coach Morrill was in Reno the the, the first time that Travis DeCure had a chance to win the uh, Big Sky Tournament. They're supporting him. So I know those guys remain close. And we also have a great interview for our Garden City Spotlight this week. Quinn Wolferman. He's a local skier. He is headed to the X Games. He's in Aspen. He qualified for the X Games. There's a new event called Knuckle Huck. I'm not really sure what it is. Quinn's going to tell us all about it, but this is cool. I mean, the kid's going to be on the national stage. He's going to be on ESPN this weekend, and he's from right here in Missoula, so that's super cool. Uh, we're probably going to wrap a little bit about some uh, trivia, and uh, and then on the other side, on at the top of the hour, we're going to talk about the matchups both on the, the women's side of the Kakarez game because that's going to happen. Those games are happening Thursday and Saturday, and uh, then we're also maybe talk about so comparing and contrasting where we're at at this point with both Montana and Montana State, the men, even though they're not going to play this weekend, they still are in the midst of their season. So give you a little midseason evaluation. And then, Sean, 
called the uh, Crosstown game last night on SWX. So we'll get a little prep extra in here too and talk a little bit of uh, high school hoops here on Nuanas. Now, Rain Man, how you doing? I'm doing okay. Yeah, like you, like earlier this morning, um, not feeling too great uh, with the the Brawl of the Wild games getting canceled. Just so many reasons to look forward to it. And now even yeah, no even kidding. on social media, now there's been some back and forth. with. Oh, I don't know if you've seen some of this. And I have. Some of the Cats players have gotten involved. And so it's just like... It just makes it, man. Like I wish uh, we had this because it was. This is this was the moment, man. I mean, Montana State six and zero. This is their their time to make a statement. And you know, Montana nineteen and one in the last twenty still still had a chance to prove that they're the bullies on the block. And we don't get it. So that's uh, it's unfortunate. Text from a listener says several Bobcat f- players and a lot of fans are claiming on social media that the Grizz are avoiding playing them. Because they're afraid to lose, not because of the COVID. <laughs> well, I like the smack talking. That's why I wanted the game to happen. It's great. I, 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 it's just, I mean, come on. I, like, you think that Travis LeCure doesn't want to play the Cats? He wants to play the Cats. Well, I promise you the Grizz want to play the Cats. And the Cats want to play the Grizz. Well, and if you think about it, the team that would most want to duck would be Montana State because they're the ones that are undefeated in they're Big Sky place. play. Right, right, they're 6-0. Right. They're and... Oh, and Yes, they. I mean, Northern Colorado with some good wins, but they've played some other lesser Big Sky teams. So they're the one that has the the unblemished season so far. If anyone doesn't want to play, it would it would be the team that's that's lost nineteen out of the last twenty in this matchup when you have an undefeated season going. For sure, right? For like, sure, <laughs> for sure. But I, I mean, I think all of that is just. It's obviously silly, but it's, it, it, it's, it is, it's, 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 it's silly. I but, mean, these teams want to play. They were prepared all week to play. I mean, you could tell. I mean, we kind of knew that this was coming down the pipe because we were supposed to have some interviews this morning, and then the Zoom call was postponed or, or I guess, called off 15 minutes before it was supposed to happen, and it was kind of like, dun, dun, dun. <laughs> Here we go. Well, there, yeah, there's a slight part of me that, you know, Montana does change their schedule. Um, all the time. It's true. So I was maybe like, oh, well, maybe like, you know, Travis is just having practice go a little bit later or something like that. But uh, I didn't want to believe it. And then um, news started trickling down. And we were supposed to, to broadcast all these games on SWX. So then I heard about it, you know, pretty early on. And uh, it's, uh, you know, pretty depressing because there's a lot that goes into preparing one of these broadcasts. That's there's exactly a lot right. of people behind the scenes that put this game on. Um, and so, like, there's people that tra- are traveling to Missoula to to help put this on. And I was going to call the game with with Grady Bennett, um, you know, that football coach Co- at Glacier, who's yeah, been a basketball coach and and, and, he's, and he's a great guy to do broadcast with because he's a great broadcast. Yeah, so yeah. he was excited. He was going to drive down and do it, and then so I got to call him and say it's canceled. And so there, you know, there's a lot of people too that are are you know losing uh, you know a full day's work of of pay that that rely on it. So it's just a huge bummer all the way around. I mean, that's kind of where we're at, right? I mean, we're we're obviously, I mean, we've dedicated our whole lives to being involved in sports. So we obviously love sports. We love watching sports. We love calling the games. We love covering the games. But that's the most frustrating part for me is that, and this is not a blame on anybody because this is completely out of everybody's control. The tests aren't administered until Wednesday morning. So you don't really know unless you have a positive until then. And so... Like I talked, I did a uh, several Montana State interviews from the men's side yesterday, and we were supposed to do some of the Grizz side today. And I mean, that's why we kept Stu Morrill on the docket. We were going to have McDurham on the show as well, and so it is just a lot. We it's a lot of work. I sh- wasted is the wrong word, but it's just it's all for naught. And that's the bummer is that we we plan all our coverage for these weeks to blow it out for all you fine people to to consume, and then when it doesn't happen, it's like well. Man, it's just sort of deflating. Yeah, and it was just I was just so fascinated because this was the this has been the first time in a long time where Montana State was going to come in as with all the momentum and, and sure. the and the the I, I do the air quote favorites because I still even though they have the better record I was very curious just to see what the sure. line on this game was going to be. Yeah, because I wouldn't be shocked if Montana was still favored at home by Vegas to win. I don't right. know, but. This is the first time that you know Montana State's kind of coming in as as you know the the top dog expected to win. I was just so fascinated to see how that was going to play out, and uh, hopefully there there's still a chance that they can reschedule and right. play, which I think is I don't know. Do you, have you gotten a good sense? I think I feel like it's more likely that they're going to try and play than not, but I don't know at this point. It's still so early on. Uh, you know, honestly, you want to know what are the one of the number one factors why I think they will get a rescheduling of at least one of the games is because of. Us because of you guys because of SWX Montana 
because I think that they they need the game. I mean, and you get money from that. It's, it's, I mean, there's job. a payout that goes to the school. You guys have sold advertising for it. I mean, you guys have a, an army of people that are going to produce it, and so. Yeah. The no cancel or the the uh, the no rescheduling policy within the, within the Big Sky it hasn't been hard and fast already. Eastern Washington and NAU did get a chance to reschedule a game, and I also just think that the the platform and the exposure for the Montana schools is going to play to their advantage in this because I do think I mean they can say hey, this is the biggest rivalry in the league, but it, this is also part of the you know the local economy. I mean, Sean Rainey needs to make a paycheck. The people at SWX you know we 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 are we are actually financially vested in this. As well, it is Nuanas now 1029 ESPN Missoula statewide SWX Montana television. In about 90 seconds, here we're going to have our ESPN roundtable. We usually do it at five o'clock, but we already had this scheduled, so we're just going to make this our ESPN roundtable. Former Grizz men's basketball coach Stu Morrill is going to join us. And if you haven't checked out Grizz Greats the Coaching Tree, now is a good time. Grizz Greats the Coaching Tree was the debut of our Grizz Greats podcast series, and we did a 10 part podcast series all about the 10 men from Judd Heathcote's coaching tree at the University of Montana. Judd Heathcote was at UM in the early to mid-70s. He then went on to Michigan State and led Michigan State to the 1979 National Championship with a guy named Magic Johnson. Judd Heathcote also helped recruit Michael Ray Richardson to the University of Montana, who was arguably one of the most talented players in school history. And then his coaching tree has been arguably one of the most successful in in all of college basketball. Every guy that's come to Montana since then, with the exception of Pat Kennedy, who wasn't really from the coaching tree, but who came to Montana from Florida State and had been in the Elite Eight at Florida State, so he was an elite coach on his own, not part of the tree. But every other guy, Jim Brandenburg, Mike Montgomery, Stu Morrill, who will join us here in a minute, Blaine Taylor, Travis DeCure, Don Holst, Larry Kristoviak, Wayne Tinkle, they all NCAA tournament coaches and coaches that went on then to have great success in their careers so uh, it, it's it's crazy. I mean, have you evaluated this? You should. I think if you haven't listened to it yet, Sean, you should listen to this because you'd find it really very compelling. The characters are tremendous, but also just the success and the heights that these guys have risen to have been so great. I mean, to have a school like Montana send guys to Oregon State and Utah and you know Old Dominion and on. I mean, just on down the line, the Golden State Warriors, the you know Stanford. All I mean, all these guys rose to San Diego State. Great heights. Yeah, no, it's it's crazy, and we've had conversations, you know, when you know when we go, we've gone out of town golfing together and in the car, and we talk about just like the crazy coaching tree at Montana, and we've dove into it and stuff, and I've caught you know bits and pieces of that that podcast series, and it it is it's it's incredible. I, honestly, it's the one you know this as somebody that's worked in the media for a long time too. When you when you consume your own stuff, it's kind of just like oh yeah, it's kind of how it is. I, I did it. It's fine. It's good. You know, we hope it's good. We do it every day, so hopefully it's good. Um, but that was the one where I, that was the it was the one thing that I've ever done where we listening to it back myself was so entertaining, mm-hmm. mostly because it wasn't about myself or Ryan Tutel. It's all about these great coaches and their stories, yeah. and it was so fun to listen to it back. On that note, it is time for our ESPN Roundtable presented by Paradise Falls in Missoula, and one of the gentlemen that joined us on Grizz Greats, the coaching tree. Stu Morrill joins us on the Rangich Brothers RV phone line. And, Coach, I know that when I set this interview up, it was going to be about something completely different than what we're going to talk about now, but we're still going to share some old memories. But thanks so much for joining us. We're trying to give the people of Missoula a little bit of joy in their lives, so we're so happy that you're along with us to to help maybe lighten some spirits around the Garden City. Well, I'm not, I'm not sure I'm the guy to give them joy in the middle of all this COVID thing. Uh, <laughs> I, think, I, think we're, I think we're all pretty dang tired of it, you know, you uh, pretty much uh, sheltered in your your house a great deal. Uh, you know, us people that are a little older have a, have a little more concern. But uh, it's good to be with you again. I really enjoyed it when we did the, the coaching thing and uh, thought uh, thought you guys did a great job with that. And you know, it's it's nice to be back with you. Well, we couldn't have done it without you guys. And uh, just another plug: Grizz Greats the coaching tree. Go check it out on all your podcasts. Platforms is an awesome experience for us to get to know and, and chronicle this great history. But, Coach, uh, first of all, where are you in the world? Where, where, where are you living? What, what are you doing right now? Well, we moved to Colorado a couple of years ago. Uh, after I retired at Utah State, we stayed we stayed there in Logan for a couple of years, and uh, my assistant had gotten the job, and so we stayed in support with him. And, and then after a few years, we just wanted to be closer to our 
kids and grandkids, three or four kids are in the Fort Collins area, and uh, nine of our 11 grandkids now. So, you know, it's uh, we were seeing a whole lot of them when we first moved here, but of course it's a little harder now. Uh, we're doing some stuff on the deck and that kind of thing. But, you know, it's uh, it's interesting to be back here uh, where I coached at Colorado State and, you know, and to, to follow the three universities that I was a head coach at, uh, Montana, of course, and, and Utah State and Colorado State. It's, uh, I follow them very closely and was so disappointed that uh, the Montana State games were canceled. You know, those are just such huge games and, and great memories for the kids that play in them. And, uh, you know, they're, they're missing out. It doesn't sound like they'll reschedule them to me. And that's happened since 1943, I believe. And so it's, it's, a, it's a tough deal. Coach, let's let's dive into some memories. You, you talk about the paramount nature of the rivalry, and it is. It's such a huge um, matchup every single year. And this was going to be a fascinating one because it was going to be a Thursday, Saturday. So you got bad blood times too, right? You got the you got the rivalry accentuated. I was just wondering how much physicality was going to be in that Saturday game after you're you know going into the fourth half of basketball in less than forty eight hours against your rival. Um, but so I guess from a coach perspective, what did you think of that element? I mean, it's probably pretty crazy to, to think about what it would be like to prepare for back-to-back games against your rival. You know, we never we never did that. Uh, in fact, we always had uh, we always had what we called Cat Week, where we just had the one game, and it was uh, it was really good to just be able to focus on on uh, your rival, and uh, you know, and kind of zero in on the upcoming game. I can't imagine playing, you know, the magnitude of that game and the pressure of that game. I can't imagine playing two of them in one week. Um, you know, way back when, when, when I was part of that rivalry, uh, you know, they estimated a large number of people watched and were following that game, watched on TV, and I went third one out of two. That sounds pretty crazy to me, but it's, uh, you know, the, the rivalries I was involved with, as a college head coach, the Montana-Montana State rivalry was without question the most intense and the biggest of, of the rivalries. People might find that kind of wild how that could be. And, you know, Colorado-Colorado State, uh, you're in a different league. Uh, Colorado was in the Big 12 at the time, Big 8, Big 12. And so it wasn't, you know, they didn't look upon it quite as heavily as we did. And it wasn't quite the same thing as being in the same league. And then in Utah, BYU and Utah have their thing, and that they would say each other are their biggest rival. And we were an in-state game, and they were rivals to us, but not vice versa. So it's, you know, I look back and and really uh, appreciate the nature of that that Montana Montana State game. Coach Sean Rainey here. I'm the sports director for SWX. We were going to put the, the game on, and I've, I've been in Missoula covering sports here for over a decade now. Um, it's a pleasure to speak with you. I've obviously heard your name and a bunch of stories over the years. Um, I want to ask you, obviously you uh, recruited Coach DeCure and uh, coached him for a little bit. I, I, I want to know just some, uh, some DeCure stories. What, what are the best, what's the best Travis DeCure story that you got for us? You know, I... I uh... I didn't have Travis as an actual player. I had him as a red shirt, and uh, he was a practice every day. And, of course, I got to know him and, and have followed him through the years and certainly since he's gotten to Montana. You know, I always tell people uh, Travis was what you would expect uh, at that point in his life. He was a confident hockey point guard. <laughs> and, and I mean that in the, I mean that in the nicest of ways. Uh, point guards have to be have to be a little bit arrogant. They have to believe they can play because they're, they're running the show out there, uh, similar to a quarterback, and it's so important that they have confidence. And probably the best story I have about Travis was we were playing UNLV in, in the uh, NCAA tournament, and they had all the guys that year. They you know, had Larry Johnson, Stacey Ogman, uh, Anderson Hunt. Uh, they were just loaded, and, and we were overmatched. We hung in there for a while, but – Early in the game, uh, Larry Johnson dunks right near our bench and looks over and, you know, uh, tells us to, to shut up with an explicative thrown in. <laughs> and, 
And I couldn't quite figure it out because, you know, the game was just going on. And what? why did he need to do that? And so I went down the bench and all the kids were pointing at Travis. <laughs> he had, uh, he had, and I don't know if he'll even remember this. He had told Larry to show him something. So Larry did. He showed him something and then told him to shut up. So it was, uh, it was kind of a fun thing, really. I mean, it was, uh, it was one we laughed about as time went on. But Larry Johnson, up close and personal, was awfully impressive. Well, and, and uh, it was proven then as, when he went on and became the number one pick in the NBA draft. It is Stu Morrill, former Montana head basketball coach, joining us on Nuanez now. It's our ESPN Roundtable presented each Wednesday by Paradise Falls. And, Coach, I want to ask you, I know you've been around Travis probably more uh, in the coaching world than when uh, he was a player but what sort of things do you think that has helped him rise to the, the level of coach that he's become now? And, and did you see those things, that potential in him when he was a young guy? You know, I think it's you, you never know which way guys are going to head when it comes to making a living and having a career. And it's hard to, to predict uh, what will happen. And, you know, it's, it's interesting how many did go into coaching and, and how many of those, of course, uh, ended up being – Head coaches at the University of Montana, but with Travis, what, what was uh, what was so impressive to me uh, when I came in contact with him and, and various stops along the way was just uh, how much he was learning and how much he was trying to figure out uh, how the business worked on the Division One level, and you know, working for Blaine Taylor, who who gave him his first chance at, at being an assistant coach and. Then from there, you know, Mike Montgomery, and I mean, you you have a chance to to work for guys that are just so good in the business, and and he absorbed everything that and did did things just in a first class way. Uh, I can't tell you how impressed all of us uh, that coached at Montana have been with the job Travis has done. He he uh, has been amazing and. Coaches the kids, gets them to play hard, gets them to act right. And by that, I mean in terms of how they represent the university and and uh, you know what you want from your from your team. Uh, doesn't put up with nonsense. And to me, <laughs> that's important. You got to have a relationship with your kids. You got to enjoy them. They got to have fun with you. But uh, you can't have nonsense going on. And, and I just uh, I, I just think he's done such a wonderful job. Obviously, when you know a coach like Dakir is going to have the success that he does, his name is going to pop up for other jobs and, and things like that. What, what what is that like? What was that like for you? Obviously, you moved on to you know Colorado State and found your home at, at Utah State that you loved. But trying to when you're at a level like Montana, and if you are eventually looking to go up, but you want to take the right path, you don't want to go to a job that's going to get you stuck or make you go backwards. What what was that position like for you, and and how do you maybe like imagine, you know, it, it's like maybe for a for a Decure who obviously is going to be coveted by a lot of teams with the success that he's had here at Montana. You know, I, I think uh, looking back for me, I didn't I didn't really want to leave. <laughs> I, we loved Montana. Uh, it was a really fun time in our lives. Uh, you know, a bunch of us were were friends and and uh, you know starting young families and uh, you know my relationship with a lot of people there in Missoula at the time uh, was very special to me and and the Colorado State job came up. It wasn't something I was really even looking at, uh, but it it came up and all of a sudden before I knew it, I was offered the job and it was just one of those things that at the time that with four young kids and. You know, uh, knowing how the business works and seeing all the the Montana guys before me, although there were only three that had, John Heathcote, Jim Brandenburg, and Mike Montgomery had all left, and and it was kind of what you did if you did well at Montana, you took the next challenge, and from a financial standpoint and and all of that, it it was just something that uh, made sense, and I think. With Travis, you know, I think he's smart. I don't think he'll take a job where he where he's going to get buried, and you can get buried. There's no question. Uh, I think he'll be selective, and I think he'll have and already has had multiple opportunities. But I think it's inevitable at some point, uh, and that's why you you look 
to the next guy uh, when when the time comes and hope that he's someone that's familiar with the program, been in the program. And, uh, you know, Travis just has all the things that ADs are looking for. And, uh, you know, I, I just uh, I think he will he will at some point uh, take a higher, I don't know, higher level is the right word, but, uh, you know, a league uh, that offers more NCAA bursts and those kind of things. Nuan is now 102.9 ESPN Missoula Statewide, SWX Montana Television. It's our ESPN Roundtable presented by Paradise Falls. Stu Morrill, former Grizz basketball coach, joining us. And, Coach, it's supposed to be Cat Grizz Week, so let's talk a little Cat Grizz, a couple of memories. What do you remember most about the rivalry? Do you have any specific moments or games that stood at you when you were playing Montana State? Because when you were coaching at Montana, that was one of the, the better periods of Montana State success. I mean, Stu Starner had some really good teams there. Uh, they went to the NCAA tournament the one year when they had the Furch brothers and, and that great team. So what do you remember about battling the Cats back in the uh, mid to late 1980s? Well, you know, when Mike Montgomery hired me, that's one of the things he, he told me. You know, we have to beat Montana State if we want to keep working. <laughs> that might have been a, uh, an over-exaggeration, but that's the way you felt when you coached in Montana that, and you're right. When I first became the head coach, they were they were on a little bit of a roll, and and uh, you know we we got started with an open two start uh, against them, and eventually uh, won more than our share. And and I I think uh, we ended up like eight five during my time as a head coach, and that's something that uh, not very many people do. What Robin Selvig did, and he went for like twenty years without listening to him. Uh, but uh, you know it that's what makes a rivalry so good is that, uh, you know, they were doing a good job and we like to think we were doing a good job. And some of my memories are, um, you know, looking back and, and just thinking of the kids and going into Worthington arena and winning a couple of times. And, you know, Wayne Tinkle, uh, was on the ball his junior year and we were down one and we were actually pressing. There was very little time. I don't know, four or five seconds left in the game. And, uh, we called timeout and put our full court press on him. And he asked me if I wanted him on the ball or off the ball. And he did, we did both. And I put, I said, no, get on the ball. And I'm not even sure exactly why he chose that, but he stole the ball, laid it in, and we won by one. And uh, you know, that's a that's a memory for Tanks uh, the rest of his life, and certainly one I'll never forget. Uh, you know, and and we went over there one one year and won by twenty, which was unheard of. Um, you know, and and you have those, and of course they have the games where they they beat us and and they remember them very fondly. But just uh, just such a, a an emphasis in our program was playing the cats and beating the cats, and I'm sure it was for them as well. Coach, you said you you follow all the teams that used to be a head coach at and and watch them closely in Montana, Colorado State, and Utah State. So I got a question for you. You got to pick one. If one of them's going to go on a like a Elite Eight, Final Four run, who are you rooting for the most? <laughs> rooting for? Who do I think has the best chance? Rooting for? Because obviously <laughs> I think, uh, you know, and I was going to maybe throw in Gonzaga in there because you played there, but I think we know uh, the answer of who's <laughs> who's most likely to get there. But if, you had to, if, you're, if you're rooting for one, just watching from home, who you who are you rooting for? Well, I'm talking to the guys from Montana, so I would, the obvious answer would be Montana. Yeah, yeah. There you uh, go. <laughs> you know, that would be the biggest, uh, you know, the, the nature of seeding and all of that. That would be the, the biggest upset uh, miracle if Montana could get uh, to a Sweet 16 or an Elite 8. That just, Judd got close, but that has not, not happened. It's very, very difficult to... Uh, you know, when I was coaching at Utah State, we went to eight NCAA tournaments, and, and so often we were the the best we were was 11 seed. We were 12 a couple times. We were 14, uh, you know. So you're playing the who's who of college basketball. I mean, we played Arizona, UCLA. I mean, it goes on and on. Connecticut, uh, it, it, we just we drew really to Marquette, uh, a game we should have won, and beat Ohio State, and so when you start talking about knocking off and beating teams to get to that six Sweet 16 or Elite 8 or Final Four, I mean, you're just beating high-caliber teams. Uh, 
Well, interestingly enough, both Utah State and Colorado State are in the the hunt for the Mountain West Championship. Mm-hmm. Um, they're you know, and and they're on TV. One of the tough things with with uh, Montana is I don't get to see their games quite as easily on regular TV. You can pull them up online, but um, the other two schools are are on a great deal, so I I get to watch them whenever possible, and they're they're both having very good years and. You know, I think the uh, the Grizz's record is is uh, really deceptive because they play all those money games, and they did beat Washington, which was a great win. But generally speaking, going playing Pac-12s and Big 12s and all of that on the road, uh, they're they're paying you ninety thousand dollars for a reason, and that's to lose. <laughs> yeah, and I, <laughs> Cause, yeah, I, you know, I, it's tough to go ahead. Well, I was going to say, you know, you talked about the the tough seeding, and I think there's Montana's had a couple teams a few years ago that many in Missoula thought that if they got a good draw, they might have a chance to to win a game or two, and they end up getting Michigan, who ends up going to the national championship game. And do you th- why what what is it going to take for a Montana or a Big Sky level team to win a game or two in the NCAA tournament? What does it take? Because it's been it's been a long, long time, and it would obviously be an awesome experience for everyone that covers big sky basketball, but it just, it, when we think it happened, like it, it might have a chance to happen. It just doesn't, it hasn't, uh, you know, come to fruition yet. Well, it hasn't been that long ago that Crisco's team beat Nevada. Yeah. Uh, 2000, 2006. So yeah, it's been 14 years since mm-hmm. then. Yeah. That's not very long to me, but <laughs> <laughs> you know, that's, that's, uh, you know, that's, uh, I mean, we won a game uh, when I was Utah State. It would be Ohio State, and they haven't won a game since. We haven't won a game since uh, when I was coaching. We went back to the NCAA a bunch. The problem is, unless you have the clout that Gonzaga now has built, you're playing teams. You've got to upgrade your schedule to have a chance to get a better seed, and then you get to your conference games, and it lowers your power rating. And bang, before you know it, uh, about the best you can do is a you know, 14, 13 seed, and those, again, are really tough games. So to answer your question, it's getting harder and harder to get at large bursts for mid-majors. It's getting harder and harder to get better seeding. Um, you know, and Gonzaga is such a unique situation. Everybody wants to be Gonzaga, and, and it's amazing what they have done. But the teams they play in the preseason, and they're getting neutral court games and home court games and all of that now, and they're getting players good enough they can beat those people. But uh, it's been an amazing road for them, and that is very, very unique. So it's going to be difficult, if not dang near impossible, to do what you're saying. Uh, you know, Sonny Allen, the, the old coach in Nevada, when we were in the big, the old Big Sky years ago, once told me, he says, you know, when you win your league and get to play in the NCAA tournament, you've got to be pretty dang happy. And and uh, because you said the chances of winning the game is pretty tough in the NCAA tournament. And, you know, I know at Utah State, uh, our fans got a little frustrated when we were going eight times and, and we couldn't beat. And all of those schools that I mentioned that were, were so dang good, they were, they were ranked, they were good. We lost to Kansas one time and they went to Juan to the national championship game and we lot we had a three to tie at the buzzer and you know a lot of playoffs and a lot of close ones but it does uh, it does make it really really hard when you, when you're a 15 or 14 this seed or, or even a 12. Uh, I think when Larry won uh, at Montana that was a heck of a win. And I, I spoke with him a lot that week because they were playing a team from our league, Nevada. They got it. I don't. I didn't think Nevada was a five and. Montana getting a 12 was a, an amazing situation and a great win for him. No question. Well, Coach, it's been so great listening to your memories, so great catching up, and we'll have to have you back on again soon. Thanks for brightening our day a little bit. It's been a strange day around here because I know a lot of people are looking forward to watching some rivalry games, but nonetheless, yes. re- really fun to, to hear all your memories, and uh, thanks for, for always taking the time for us. We really appreciate it. Thanks for having me, guys, and, and uh, good luck, and I hope that they find a way to play that Montana-Montana State game. Us too, for sure. Stu Morrill, former University of Montana head men's basketball coach who went on to have great success, more than 600 wins 
during his uh, prestigious career with stops at Montana, Colorado State, and Utah State. It's our ESPN Roundtable presented by Paradise Falls in Missoula. I would tell you to go to Paradise Falls to watch the Grizz games, but they're not on. So you should go to Paradise Falls and watch the women's basketball games. There's a doubleheader uh, this weekend for the women at 7 o'clock on Thursday. What time is the game on Saturday, Sean? I have to double check. I know, Sean this was week supposed has been so crazy that like I haven't even. Sean was supposed a, to be broadcasting the men's game, so yeah. he knew what time that was going to yeah. be at. But that's not happening now. But regardless, they'll have both games on, and they're going to be good games. I think the women's games are going to be really competitive. So head on down to Paradise Falls, check them out. They have eighteen draft beers, thirty big screen TVs. They got the Montana sports betting machines. So you can lay your bets down, some prop bets for the Super Bowl, and all that good stuff as well. And it is Wednesday, so they have sixteen ninety five for a twelve ounce prime rib. All the fixins. So head on down to Paradise Falls today. Paradise Falls, the proud presenter of the ESPN Roundtable, thirty six twenty one Brook Street in Missoula, Missoula's coolest hotspot. Quinn Wolferman, he's going to the X Games. Joining us right after this. Golter, obviously, if people are traveling, you got to have them stay somewhere else, not with you. That's true even when COVID isn't going on, and especially now. So you send them out to the Wingate. We know that. That's obvious. What you might not know is about all the meeting space they have out there, convention space, and even personal office space, because God knows I can't stand being with you any much longer. I'm going out there. I'm going to lock up my own personal office at the Wingate. You can do the same thing. If you need a business space, whether it's for yourself personally or or you're just tired of doing Zoom meetings, you just want to see other humans, but you want to be socially distanced, the Wingate has great business meeting rooms. You can space out. They have all the hookups and technology you're going to need for any sort of meeting or presentation. Or if you're like Ryan, you just want to have a place where you can work in peace and quiet, the Wingate Inn, also a great option for those that live and work around Western Montana and the city of Missoula. If you have anybody coming through town or you want to get your kids out of the house, Wingate also has awesome rooms, great business rates. The pool is back open. They've done a great job of making sure that's be safe for you and your family. The Wingate Inn, located in Missoula, it's an excellent option for business travelers, local business people, or anybody coming through the city of Missoula. Let the Wingate Inn make you feel at home even when you're not. Special January promo going on by the Wingate by Wyndham right now as well. If you stay two nights in January of 2021, you get a free growler and a fill card for Big Sky Brewing. Big Sky Brewing just right across the way from the Wingate. So if you book, all you got to do is book through the hotel directly. Google Wingate by Wyndham in Missoula, limited to one freebie per customer, but stay two nights, January 2021, free growler and fill card from Big Sky Brewing, and tell them Nuanas Now sent you. SPM Missoula, statewide, SWX Montana, television, Coulter Nuanas. Here, Sean Rainey, director of sports at, over at ABC Fox and SWX, joining me as he does each and every Wednesday, and uh the day started with the bad news of the uh, rivalry basketball games for the men's side of things between Montana and Montana State getting canceled, but uh, we're not here to talk about that. We're here to uplift your spirits, and on that note, we're going to get right to it. We're going to go to the Rangish Brothers RV phone line for our Garden City Spotlight. Usually, we highlight basketball players this time of year from around the city of Missoula, but instead, we're going to go to the slopes. We're going to the ski hill. Quinn Wolferman a Missoula native who will compete in the X Games this weekend. This is sweet. I mean, this is the top level of his sport. He joins us now. Quinn, thanks so much for being with us, my man. How you doing? I'm doing amazing. Thanks for having me, Colter. Of course, man. I got Sean Rainey here with us as well. But first of all, just take us through um, the, the whole journey for you to get here because I know you've been competing uh, in this sport since you were a kid. You had a long time on the Dew Tour, and you've been competing at a high level. But now here you go. you got a chance in the X Games. So just take us through what it's what it's taken for you to get to this elite level of uh, freestyle ski. Yeah, first off, this, the support of my family, really. Everybody just kind of pushed me to and let me do my thing. And, you know, from a young age, I had a, an idea of what I wanted to do. And, you know, they, they trusted me as a young kid, so that was pretty cool. And, uh but yeah, pretty much just a, a lot of hard work and a lot of the same thing, honestly. You're just waking up every day and going skiing, and you know it makes it a little easier when you obsess over something. But um, yeah, it's pretty much just been go to, and you just you whip the ranks. And I would say it's a little harder for kids nowadays. There's just uh, so so many kids in the sport, and they're trying to make it a little more of a organized thing because uh, you know even the guys before me, it was pretty loose. And you know if you, if you did well, then in a couple of contests and we could make it to the X games. And nowadays these kids have to work their way up from pretty much 10 years old and beyond. So, uh, it's, it's pretty wild uh, to see how much the sport has progressed and whatnot. 
So this weekend in Aspen, at the, the Aspen, which is in itself a great place to be at this time in, in <laughs> life. Is. But you're going to be competing in the knuckle huck and the big air, and you're also an alternative uh, alternate for the slope style. So I think that people can kind of put two and two together when you're talking about the big air. That's just trying to go as big as you possibly can, right? But tell people about knuckle huck and slope style. What's the differences, and what are the disciplines all about? Yeah, definitely. Uh Go big or go home on big air, and then knuckle huck is um, it's actually pretty much just uh, the landing, essentially, of the big air jump. Uh, it extends quite a ways down, and it's pretty much the most creative event at X Games. Um, you know, most of the time, everybody kind of has an idea of what they're going to do, and, and during knuckle huck, you can, you know, use all different parts of your skis, and you kind of flex them and putter them and whatever, and you're kind of just jumping around, and everybody's having a really good time, and I honestly think that most people kind of approach me about knucklehawk at X Games, which is pretty cool because, uh, you know, it's probably the most lighthearted event, but, you know, it's there's still a lot on the line and people are going crazy. So that one's pretty fun and um, it's, it's almost easier to just watch than it almost explain. And then uh, Slow Style is probably my favorite event as far as what I've competed in in my day. And that's a mixture of jumps and rails and you got to, make all the way down the course without, you know, really messing up. So when you let a slope style run, it's, it's, it's an amazing feeling because it really all has to come together. So it's pretty cool. Quinn, Sean Rainey here. Um, I asked this first question to all of the extreme sport athletes that I, that I interview. Um, what's the list of all the injuries that you've had? <laughs> uh, honestly, I, I've been, um, super, super fortunate with, uh, with injuries, honestly, uh, wood, you know, um, but yeah, I've, I've had a call down, uh, a couple of times and I've been super fortunate, a couple of concussions though. And I think that's where, um, people don't realize what ends up taking the toll on you the most is you got to protect your head. And so, um, yeah, that, and I think probably my best injury, um, was when I, I think so. I saw a tree at Snowball, actually, as a, I think I was 12, and my eye was swollen up for about two weeks and ended up having a double black eye and looked like a raccoon for quite some time. So that was probably the best one. Quinn Wolferman joining us. He's a Missoula native. It's our Garden City Spotlight presented by Oral Surgical Associates in Missoula where we highlight some of the best athletes in and around, and in this case, just from Missoula, Quinn, a lot of times when you're talking about these types of sports too, the the, the challenge of, of being able to live a life while you're competing is, is one of the biggest challenges, right? Like how do you make sure that, you know, you got gas in the car and food on the table while you're still pursuing your dreams? So uh, what's that part been like, just trying to earn the sponsorships and, and turn this into a sustainable career? Because now you've reached this level where it is sustainable. Now you're on the biggest stage at the X Games. But uh, talk to us just about some of the challenges that it's taken to get to this point from just a lifestyle perspective. Yeah, like I said, you know, support support of the parents at first as, at a younger age. But, you know, as soon as I turned the corner out of high school, I knew that it was time to really turn it on. But, um, yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm lucky enough to be be here and supported by, you know, uh, ski companies and, and, and whatnot. But the biggest is probably Monster Energy, who's, you know, putting on the whole event at X Games. And uh, it can be a sustainable life if you kind of – stick to your guns and I think that's been the biggest thing that I've learned is just kind of know what you want and kind of go after that because um, if you kind of just try to float around and things happen here and there it, it doesn't always work out so I've been uh, pretty persistent about the companies that I want to work with and whatnot and and it's honestly it's paid off in the end and it's been um, pretty awesome to be able to ski for a living but yeah gas in the tank and food on the table that's it's not easy for a skier to do, so uh, definitely feeling very lucky. I think that one thing that draws people to watching extreme sports is a lot of the things that you guys do, like the the average Joe would could literally die if we did it. Like <laughs> literally. If, if, if I went off out of big air jump, I, I do think that I could, there's a decent chance that I would die. Um, what is that? like you know like for a living like you're doing things that are you know kind of dangerous but to you they might not seem as as much but like was there ever a point is there still a point where like you get scared to go do you get the, the jitters before every run or is it like the very first time that you ever went off the big air you get scared like what what is that like because i think it's very terrifying for the rest of us 
Yeah, definitely. I uh, I felt like quite the average joke yesterday. Well, I I swatted um, and missed uh, missed the landing by about five feet short. <clears throat> so uh, you know, I definitely took a big blow to the ego yesterday as well. So I know I know what that's like. But um, yeah, it's it's you know you you just got to be on point and you gotta you you know when you're feeling it one day you just kind of go all in and make sure you're on and then if you're not really feeling it you know you just gotta know when to take the foot off the pedal kind of and, and chill out a little bit. And that's the beauty of our sport really is that, you know, it's all gas during a week like this at X Games. But, um, you know, we we kind of have the decision to where we're going through a ski day. If you're not feeling it, you can wrap it up or, you know, just go do something else. And so it's really just a risk-reward and kind of assessing yourself um, every day. But, you know, when you're excited and you're on, I feel like you're just kind of firing on all cylinders. So, um that everything kind of just falls to the wayside as far as risk, which uh, is pretty crazy, but, you know, it's, it works from sometimes, at least. <laughs> yeah, sometimes. and so much of it is kind of trying to push the limits and try new things. What is it like when you're trying to maybe do a new trick on a new jump or something like that that you've never tried before? Is that a situation where you're the most nervous, or is it more like this weekend when you're doing it on a bigger stage? Like, what, what's more nerve-wracking? Um, honestly, I feel like, like just this fall, I, I learned a new trick. Um, and my whole face was kind of buzzing all my arms, my, like my chest, like it was the craziest adrenaline rush I had had in a really long time. And it's, it's honestly like hard to contain yourself because your body is shaking before you're supposed to like either go do like the biggest run of your life on the biggest stage or, you know, the biggest trick of your life as well. And so it's, it's an interesting balance because you got to really harness like, the skill as well, but also your mind and, and battle, battle that. So I think probably more nerve wracking to, I guess there's just a little more on the line as far as like a, a, a run and when everybody's watching and whatnot. And you just, you just really want to do well when people are watching, but at the same time, like when something's completely for yourself, and you know, you're pushing yourself to go do it. Then it's just a different position, but, um, yeah, both are both are pretty nerve-wracking. I'm definitely uh, nervous, but very excited for this weekend. Quinn Wolferman joining us. He's a Missoula native. He'll compete in the X Games in Aspen. You can watch these in a variety of ways. They get started on Friday afternoon. They're going to be on YouTube, Facebook, Twitter, TikTok, all that. The ESPN app's also going to have some of it. But there's also going to be on ESPN, ESPN2, ABC. So if you want to get the full schedule... XGames.com backslash events. You can just click on the schedule right there. You can find all of it. So, Quinn, we'll get you out of here on this. I, how you feel on it? I mean, what, what's your mindset going into this thing? Are you, you going to be gunning for some gold medals here? I mean, what, how are you feeling going into uh, what's sure to be one of the most exciting moments of your career? Uh, yeah, def- definitely gunning for, for the win as far as uh, uh, a couple of events go. Some I'm not as you know, not as much of a season bet in and, and don't compete in as much like uh, Big Air. So um, some of those tricks those guys are doing are insane, and I'm just trying to uh, keep up and, and out of them. But the slope style, hopefully if I can get into that, then I'm really feeling uh, super excited, you know, and confident um, going into that one. And then Michael Hawk, I've, I've kind of been there and done that. So I know, I know what I'm getting into there. And so, yeah, obviously gunning for the best I can do, but – you know, it's that's the beauty of skiing. Is I feel like I'm almost competing against myself. Uh, I'm just trying to do the best I can do. So, um, yeah. Well, however, uh, however they, the judges decide to reward me is it's up to them. But at the end of the day, I'm just hoping to land some runs and just uh, you know make skiing look good. Okay, my man. I know I speak for the rest of the city of Missoula, the rest for the state of Montana. We're proud of you. We're rooting for you. And uh, we wish you the best of luck this weekend. Thanks for taking some time out of a busy week for us. And uh, go get them this weekend. That'll be fun to watch. Yeah, thank you, guys. I hope you guys enjoy the show. Quinn Wolferman. Our Garden City Spotlight. Garden City Spotlight brought to you each week by Oral Surgical Associates of Missoula. If you're looking for an oral surgeon that provides compassionate care, uses advanced technology, and uh, gives you comprehensive treatment. Dr. Gene Morris at Oral Surgical Associate, he, he's the guy you want to go see. Dr. Morris offers a full range of care, including implants. He gave me one right here. Looks good. You don't even know which one it is. I guarantee it. 
And uh, he also has emergency surgeries, wisdom teeth removal, any sort of oral surgery need you might have. Dr. Morrison and his staff uses advanced technology for more accurate diagnosis and effective treatments while also using innovative techniques to treat a wide range of problems. To benefit from this outstanding level of care, schedule an appointment today with Dr. Gene Morris at Oral Surgical Associates. For more information, visit OralSurgicalAssociates.com. We're late. I got a couple trivia questions for Sean Rainey about Kakaris basketball, and we're going to have some wings from the Desperado Sports Tavern and Grill for you. It's Nuanez Now, 1029 ESPN Missoula. Blackfoot Communications is actively supporting the communities we serve across Montana and Idaho. We are installing hundreds of miles of fiber in our service territories, increasing the broadband experience in our rural communities. We are delivering remote workforce solutions for our business communities. We are creating new, innovative solutions for our local entrepreneurs and enterprise organizations. Learn how your company can benefit. Call today at 541-5000 or go to blackfootbusiness.com. Blackfoot Communications. Connect to more. First trivia question, Sean. Who's singing this song? Oh, don't even get me started <laughs> on music. Trivia. I, I, I fail. <laughs> I know nothing. I love it. Duane is now 1029 ESPN Missoula Statewide, SWX Montana Television. Sean Rainey, sports director at SWX Montana. Joining me, Coulter Duane is right here in studio. And we're going to have a little trivia for you. 361-3688, 361-3688. Don't call it now. Call it when I tell you. It's coming in just a minute. But we have a dozen wings from the Desperado Sports Tavern and Grill for you. I'm going to give it to the third caller, but I'm not going yet. Just keep on listening. Got a couple trivia questions for Sean. That was a, that's uh, the Allman Brothers. Great uh, song, The Whipping Post. Got to love it. Reminds, Never even heard of them. Reminds me of my old man. I love the Allman Brothers. I love Allman Brothers, Marshall Tucker Band, all those bands. That's what we used to. We were driving around the truck hunting. That's what we always listened to. Gotta love it. It is supposed to be Kakaris Week this week. It is for the women. The men's games have been canceled, but that's okay because we're going to keep having fun around here. And I have some trivia questions for Sean about the men's side of the Kakaris rivalry. No, oh, man. <laughs> Hopefully they're not like... Go back too many years. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Sean has uh, Sean has be, uh, become a native Montanan now. Not a native Montanan, but I'm going to say he's a Montanan now because he's lived here for long enough, and he's, his children were born here. And he's, and he's I'm married a Montana married girl. Married a Montana so girl. So yeah, yeah. We're, we're, we're accepting him as a Montana, but he's really a SoCal boy. So uh, the the beyond the last 15 years, maybe a little bit over his head. But either way, Sean, the men's basketball rivalry, they've played 302 matchups all time. Okay. What is the all-time record in the Kakaris rivalry? Ooh. And see, you caught me at the perfect time because later this evening, I was going to do all of my <laughs> research for calling the game tomorrow because I was so busy doing all my research for high school yesterday calling that sure. game. Sure. Um, uh, how many said you had 302? 302. Let's go one... 59 for Montana, and then whatever the math is on the other side. That's pretty close, actually. So it's 152 to 150. Okay. It was it was uh, Montana State had been ahead for forever and ever, I but knew Montana, it was close, but Montana yeah. had been catching up, and then they tied it, and then last year's sweep helped Montana take the overall lead for the first time in a really long time, which shows you how many wins the Bobcats stacked for decades. Before then, the, this yeah. great run from Montana, because Montana has certainly owned the rivalry uh, during the you know Judd Heathcote on era, and particularly the last ten years that absolutely won the rivalry. So uh, in the 2010s, Sean, they, the teams played 20 times. How many times did the Grizzlies win? How many times did the Bobcats win? How many times? 20 times. Two two per year. So the last 20. Yeah, the la- last 20 games. So 19 the, to one Montana. 19 to one Montana. Yeah, you got it. I knew that one. Yep. Yeah. Yep. 19-1 to 1 on favor of Which the Which is pretty Grizzlies. staggering. It, it is it. staggering. I mean, because it's hard, even if you're the better team. Like, you know, in basketball, like, I mean, one team could just get hot. And sure. Especially, like, 
And Montana State has a great home, great home court advantage. Yeah, too. and those and those and you know if a if a Tyler Hall and a Harold Frey get on fire, like yep. you 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 could easily lose. And it, it's crazy. That's not, I mean nineteen one. I mean that's that's hard to do. It is Wing Wednesday presented by the Desperado Sports Tavern and Grill. We got a dozen wings for you. If you give us a call right now, 361-3688, the Desperado Wings are the best in the city of Missoula. Voted on by you, by the Missoula public. It's been best of Missoula for years and years and years. So if you don't win, you're still going to want to go try out the wings from the Despo. If you do win, we're going to take care of you. Number three caller, 361-3688. That's 361-3688. Caller number three. Got a dozen wings to the Desperado Sports Tavern and Grill. I prefer the... Uh, the hot teriyaki, they're Ooh, very good. See, I'm, I'm garlic parmesan. Garlic guy. parm's good because because they're they're spicy enough. Like they got right, a they right. got a, a good kick to them, but then they got the garlic parm flavor. And then, okay, this is the ultimate question, though. Sure, are you a ranch or blue cheese guy? Ooh, I like both. Uh, okay, but yeah, I, I I got ranch. I, I go ranch. really okay. blue cheese guy. Oh, blue cheese okay. all the way. Okay, oh the ranch. The, the ranch. I mean, ranch is good too. I mean, ranch is good with everything, but sure. you gotta go blue cheese with the wings. Okay, last question. This one's this one's a little bit easier, but uh, Travis DeCure has been the head coach of Montana. This is his seventh season. He's coached in twelve Cacuras games. What's Travis DeCure's record against Montana State? In twelve games. In twelve games. Well, eleven and one. Eleven and one. The one loss was yeah. uh, in Bozeman. Uh, when uh, Tyler Hall was a, yep. a junior, and he had he went nuts. Uh, one of the one of the most yeah. unbelievable games I've ever seen. I mean, I'll never forget. I'll never forget the stat line. He was he was eight of nine from three. He was eleven of thirteen from the floor. He had thirty seven points. He had the crossover step back where he hit one in Ogine's face, and then the very next time Ogine closed out on him so hard that Hall like hit the ground, and he just threw up a prayer, and it banked in and went in. And at that point, it's like, well, man, this guy, whatever he throws up, it's going in. Yeah, but that we, was a virtuoso performance. Yeah, we were doing that game on SWX, and I was the the sideline reporter for that. And my little setup, I was right in front of the student section. Mm. They had like a little chair, and I just that's where I sat. Mm-hmm. And the the fishbowl at the time is what it was called. It was the fishbowl. The fishbowl was rocking that game, man. Yeah, <laughs> I gotta say this, man. And and people that know the sh- the show or follow Sky and Sports, they know. I mean, Brian Fish is, is was one of my guys. He was always really good to me. He let me. I mean, talk about access. Anything come to practice. Well, he was just a nice guy. He's great. I yeah. mean, he's just a great dude. And yeah. but but I gotta tell you this: Fish had uh, uh, largely just mediocre five years at Montana State mm-hmm. in terms of wins and losses. But I do. I don't think. I think that people. There's a lot of people analyze how he did by mostly losing to the Grizz, mostly losing in the Big Sky tournament, and those are big knocks on his overall resume. But I gotta say, I don't think Fish gets enough credit for revitalizing the excitement around Montana State basketball. Although the finishes were very similar to when Brad Hughes was the head coach, they pretty much finished between fourth and sixth place, and that's what they've been since McDurham resigned is between fourth and sixth place. They've never finished lower than that except for in Fish's first year. They've always been fourth or fifth. That's just kind of how it's been. But I don't think Fish gets enough credit for bringing the excitement back because they were finishing fourth and drawing 1,500 people before Fish got there, and then they were finishing fourth, and they were drawing 3,500 people. I mean, he brought players to town that people wanted to buy tickets to go see and uh, you know the fish bowl. I mean, their student section was revitalized. I mean, they had a well, good, they had a good student section, and they had an entertaining product. Because they did for sure. They, they scored a lot. They didn't play a lot of defense. They played no defense exactly. So, I mean, it was fun to watch but from an sure. entertainment perspective. And for he did sure. like, and and he was very animated on the sidelines, oh, <laughs> which is fun to watch. Yeah. And uh, you know, would sweat through a lot of shirts, and uh, which is always interesting. And we always yeah. had we always had the over under on when the coat would go away. We always had it about the second media timeout when See, he throws his coat out. And that was kind of the same thing with Tinkle. We always had right, that right. when the when's the coat being thrown um, in the game. But you're right, and it's almost kind of crazy because when you just think about it, you, we know the stats for the Cat Grizz games with him there, and the 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 success or the lack of success in the big sky tournament. Sure. But a lot of people don't necessarily know those. And when you look up the numbers, even sometimes still, I'm like, man, I, I still can't believe that they struggled that much in right. at the tournament and things right. like that. Cause you, you don't really think that they were that bad because they, sure. really, they weren't like, you know, like you said, they just, for some reason, just could never get it done in the tournament. Yeah, and it's, I mean, there's just a lot of different factors to go into. I mean, they like that game that they lost the triple overtime to Southern Utah 
when Southern Utah was the It was one of the seed. better games I've ever seen in person. I, I mean, Randy Onwesler just they just Southern Utah just gave the ball. I just I mean he he literally he himself literally fouled out four of the yeah. cap players. And I, there's just a lot of things. Regardless, we digress. Hour one in the books. It is Nuanas now, 1029 ESPN, Missoula, statewide SWX Montana Television. Hour two coming at you hot. We're gonna keep talking. Cat Cruz, we're going to analyze the women's game, break down some of the matchups on that side of things, and also kind of give a, a midseason evaluation and maybe a couple talking points on what the matchups would have been like if the men's games would have been canceled back after this. Get commencement ready at the Montana State Bookstore, your best place for blue and gold on game day or any other day. Their grad fair sale is going on right now if you visit msubookstore.org. Free regalia? When you purchase a diploma frame at the MSU Bookstore, you can obviously visit the MSU Bookstore on the Montana State campus. The Montana State Bookstore, your best place for blue and gold on game day or any other day. Visit on campus or at msubookstore.org. 